0: This is Design Huddle, the podcast for creative entrepreneurs and professionals looking to level up in their design career. Each week, myself, Brandon Gross, a designer and digital strategist, and Ryan Warnder, a UX designer, step inside the minds of the most creative people on the planet this podcast touches a variety of disciplines ranging from design digital strategy user experience and social media our goal here is to educate by striking a balance between practical and creative advice so if you like storytelling funny commentary and learning how to level up in your design career and get hired subscribe to design huddle and join the fam thanks for listening now let's huddle all right guys Today, we have an absolute amazing guest here on Design Health. It's been a long time coming. We've been wait- we've been trying to do this for a year, just back and forth DMs on Instagram. So I'm super excited. She's an amazing UX and conversion rate optimization consultant based in Portugal, and she has clients all over the world. Now, let's name drop some of those all of the over the world clients. She has had the pleasure of working with Google, Invato Springboard, Musly, Growth Mentor, and the European Innovation Academy. So without any further ado, please help me in welcoming Anna Santos to Design Huddle. How you doing, Anna?
1: Hello, I'm doing good. How about you?
0: I'm doing pretty good. Now, before we continue, this is just me asking, did I butcher your last name? Cause I can cut that out and read it.
1: <laughs> no, it's fine. Yeah, it's difficult. So I understand. <laughs>
0: no, how you say it? We can get this right.
1: Right. So. Anna (laughs) Santos.
0: All right, everybody, that's right there. I don't think my tongue can do such things. (laughs) But it's a pleasure. Thank you for being on with us.
1: No worries at all.
0: (laughs) All right, guys, before we popped on, I was telling Anna I was absolutely drooling at her website. You guys, even before, first of all, pause. You're not listening to us anymore. And check out Anna's website right now as you're listening. (laughs) It is because I have so many things open, but the link is in the description. Just click there, go to it. It's absolutely amazing and is a great example of how simple and clear your website should be. So anyway, just want to drop that as we're getting into things here. But Anna, I want to jump into a little bit how you started your journey just for for context and background. Just start us off there.
1: Sure. Uh, So I have started my journey many years ago and I started as many of us as a graphic designer, like visual design. And I always felt I was pretty creative. So I always (laughs) thought I was more of like artistic, uh, you know, uh, type of person. However, through the years, and I've worked many years, even in freelancing during the beginning, after I finished my degree in design, but through the years, I actually started being more passionate about the digital side, and that was when I started to build websites, design websites. That's kind of all it started for me. I mean, if you really go back... Actually, when I was a teenager, I had a blog, and I loved designing yeah. the layouts and stuff. But yeah. more like in, into my career, I'm yeah actually really enjoyed understanding the experience that people had on the website, and that's kind of how it started for me. So when I started to be more focused on the websites, and then of course nowadays the apps, then that's when user experience started making more sense to me.
0: Definitely, I get you. So. Tell us a little bit of your segue into being a consultant, because I know you've worked at your ex googler and then you just like you're like fuck it, I'm a G now, um, or I've been a G. Let's <laughs> we we got we're gonna rock this on our own. So tell us a little bit how you swung into. and I know we're totally going off script because I have so many specific questions I have <laughs> for you. So just bear with me on that. I'm, I I tend to blow in the breeze. Um, so yeah, tell us of about how your your segue into being a consultant.
1: That's amazing. And actually it was, I think as well, thanks to Google. Uh, So actually, uh, to give you a bit of context as well. So I was in the UK for many years before, and then I actually moved back to Portugal a few years ago. And that's when I kind of decided I was going to be a freelancer. But I was a freelancer, I was doing a bit of everything, a bit like a generalist, like UX, UI designer. I was doing mostly design, you know, like typical freelance work. And then I actually got this opportunity, and this was going to be a temporary project, a contract role for Google in yeah. Portugal. Now, what was really impressive for me was the fact it was in Portugal, even though I had to move because it was in a different city. But, yeah. you know, at, during that time, I thought, you know, I'm not going to have any full-time job. I'm pretty happy being a freelancer. But then when it's Google, then, you know, it's different. Like, <laughs> you need to give it a try, right? <laughs> yeah. So, okay, let's try. I I didn't really have many expectations in the beginning because it was someone who was actually already working for Google who told me about that role. And -hmm. in the beginning, I was, you know, really relaxed about it and I thought, okay, I'm going to apply and, you know, I'm going to see, you know, maybe I'm going to be the right fit or not. And the role was really different from what I used to do because usually Mm -hmm. What I was doing, it was actually UX design, but that role that is called Mobile UX Specialist, which is, you know, a really interesting name. and that
0: is, uh, <laughs> quite the title there.
1: <laughs> right? Everyone asks me, like, what is that? <laughs> But when when I asked about the role, they were telling me, uh, well, this is a bit different from what you're doing because you are actually doing design, but now you will be doing more consulting because you are going to be consulting with other companies and these companies are going to be based in Portugal. So they are, as you probably know, like Google is very big on the mobile web experience, uh, Mm -hmm. apps as well, but also on the web and it's a global initiative. So I was focused on that initiative, but in Portugal. That's why my title was Mobile UX Lead, because it was that initiative in Portugal. And we did lots of interesting stuff. And that's when I started to, okay, I really love doing this thing, like consulting and going to companies and teach them and leading workshops. That's pretty fun. I could imagine myself doing that. Like, you know, when I get back to them, to being like working on my own, that was something I really wanted to do. Even though I did have the chance to continue for Google, which is pretty amazing because I had, I mean, I kind of had it in my mind that, okay, temporary project, that's it. I get back to my own full-time, my own freelancing because I love doing that. I love the flexibility. But then when I had the chance to continue, it was really hard for me (laughs) because I loved working for Google. (laughs) But here I am, so... I don't regret anything.
0: I'm glad. So, how did you pull yourself from uh, such an amazing opportunity? Like, what was going through your head, and what made you be like, "No, we're going back to our own thing"? What What was that?
1: That's a good. A very, very good question. And many people ask me that as well. So, during that time even I had the chance to meet other people that worked for Google all around the world, which is really interesting. And and even some people were telling me like, you could get another role because if I wanted to not be on a contract basis, for example, like being there, like, you know, forever, maybe. So I could go to other, I visited lots of offices and I could go to uh, to a different country. And I thought in the beginning, that was my issue because I was back to Portugal and I wanted to be in Portugal. But then at the same time, when they said, you know what, you can be here another year and maybe another year after. And then I realized I can't, you know, let Google make that decision for me. I need to make this decision. Mm. Like, do I want to stay here? And because in the end, it's still going to be a full-time role. And do I, yeah. do I want to invest and continue my career here at Google? Or do I actually want, like, I got great experience here. Do I actually want to use that experience and actually do what I really want to do? That is my dream, right. uh, having my own consulting business. So... Kinda of gave it a try.
0: <laughs> I love it. So it was more so which one is more fulfilling? I really liked how you said I can't let Google make that decision for me, or really anybody make that decision. Uh those very important. What makes me feel fulfilled or have control over what I have in my life? So I really like that. Thank you for sharing that.
1: No worries at all.
0: <laughs> so what are you working on right now that is super exciting for you? I like. I can't tell you, I think this, did you recently, I'm going back to your website. Did you recently update this? I feel like I visited prior and I saw this and I was just like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, like I fell back in my seat. I was like, this is not what I remember. When did you get uh, redone?
1: So that was actually a funny story. I I kind of feel I'm always tweaking, but that's also part of my conversion rate optimization background yeah, because right, I'm right. always, you know, trying to understand You know, what is working? What is not working? Are people clicking here or are they not even reading this? So I'm always updating. And, you know, during last year, because it was my first official year working on my own, it was, I mean, it was a year that I had many changes trying to understand what I really want to focus on because I have different types of audiences. Like I have, for example, students, um, right. the big part of my audience, but I also have businesses and I also have small businesses. So this year, and I'm still working on that, I'm still trying to focus on, okay, what is the main direction? So I still feel... My website and even my Instagram is kind of like a playground. I'm still experimenting stuff. That's why you see many changes on the website. But that specifically homepage, it was more like the design change because I yeah. had that illustration uh, from actually a very talented artist. You need to check on Instagram. Uh, I have on the credits uh, the link for her Instagram. <laughs> But I really loved uh, that illustration and I thought, you know, that's really artistic rather than just have, you know, a picture of me, you know, just something a bit different. And, you know, I can hear a bit changes on the design. So,
0: (laughs) yeah, it's very unique. So let's talk about um, your different audiences, because I think this is something that a lot of people who are using or trying to figure out who their audience is. Usually I understand that there's like the student, there's a small business and then there's the large Um, larger organizations, and specifically for you, how are you talking to each different audience or trying to talk to each different audience? And you're still in the works of figuring that out, but what is your thought process behind each?
1: So... I feel like, for example, on instagram i I feel that that audience in specific uh, kind of came to me uh, like organically because uh, I was not targeting them in the beginning, like I was actually targeting because my Instagram was born when I was doing uh, work mostly for small businesses, and that was yeah. a long time ago, so it was not really focused on anything so actually when I started to create content that was more aligned with me, like content, I things I really wanted to talk about. That's why I say Instagram is so organic in that sense. Like I was talking about um, UX, uh, things I think are really important to take into consideration. I started attracting that audience. And I also... Um, I need to say that I, I also do this teaching with students because I do have some partnerships with boot camps like for example, Springboard. I work for Springboard yeah. as well. So having that experience and really enjoying that process of teaching also make me feel like, yeah, I can do that with my Instagram. And then that was kind of organic, really. Like it started attracting, you know, that type of audience. And I was thinking, yeah. you know, I need, you know, to listen to this audience, like they want to know more. I mean, why am I ignoring them? Right. So yeah, <laughs> that's fine. Which
0: would you, I love it. Which do you like to work with more? And which is, let me, let me get this question right. In my, I am assuming that the larger organizations bring in more money, but I could be totally wrong. And let me know what the real answer is to that, but also which side do you like to work with more?
1: The Very students or
0: the, the, the larger organizations. And you can tell me to shut up if you're like, my clients listen <laughs> to this. This is when I only came on here so I can get... <laughs> you can take the question how you want.
1: So, I mean, it's different, right? I mean, even yeah. working for like smaller businesses is different than working for larger organizations, right? I do enjoy a lot working with students. So, uh, and the reason I do, I, I do like to do that is because I feel like when you are teaching someone, you are, you are still reaching to the companies like that, mm. the companies that, that, you know, th- those people work for, for example, I feel there are many things we still need to change in terms of UX. And when yeah. I do that with one company, that's one company I'm helping. But if I'm doing that with, people that are going to be the next generation of designers. Yeah. I feel that I'm creating this sort of bigger impact. Like, you know, these people, I'm teaching them what I believe in, my principles. And that that's amazing. And they can make a change. And they are all over the world, which is, you know, even more amazing. So that's why I really enjoy working with students. Yeah.
0: That's absolutely excellent. I that's the that's also something I'm trying to make a not more of a switch, but like doing larger, like doing the actual like website stuff, like the building, the strategy. I get tired from doing that. <laughs> and I'm just like, <laughs> people are so much more exciting. But anyway, we're not here to talk about me, but I don't know. That, that's just my two cents. I feel like the one-on-one mentorship, you feel like you're making more of an impact. Because, I don't know. Is the same thing for you? Do you feel like one side is more, Do you feel more fulfilled by it? Or is it, you know, it's different on both ends of the spectrum and you enjoy both just as much?
1: Yeah, I mean, I feel it's different because I also, for example, I'm starting as well to get more selective with the type of projects I accept. Uh, Like Mm. when I first started, I felt I was accepting every kind of project. So now I also want to work, and especially one of my goals for 2020, for example, is working more with social impacts driven businesses. Mm. So that's the type of business I want to work for, for example. And if I am able to be aligned with that business, for example, sometimes I get some, um, for example, some requests, let's say, uh, from businesses that are really, really focused on the conversion goals, which is important, of course. I mean, you are in business, but also yeah. it needs to have that alignment, like that alignment that, you know, I'm doing UX, I'm doing user experience. So for me, if I'm able to do that, if I'm able to add value to the project, I feel, you know, I feel fulfilled.
0: Got you. All right. So let's talk about how you're getting your clients. Because also obviously we talked about like, you know, what you're super excited about and who you like to work with, but how do you get I know a lot of people are going to ask, or do ask, how are you getting your clients, whether it's your, your students, your large organization, is it through referral, word of mouth, or are you um, blasting DMs in LinkedIn? <laughs> how, how exactly <laughs> How exactly do you, uh, what, is, what is your funnel like?
1: Okay, so I am not super strategic when it comes to DMs. I mean, I think I, I should, and I could, <laughs> that's a plan as well. Uh, But at the moment, uh, yeah, I do have to say that it's mostly referrals and mostly people who know or heard about me and then they tell someone or, you know, it's pretty much like that at the moment. For students, I do get from Instagram sometimes. Uh, So I, like, for example, my funnel now in Instagram, I mean, my call to action because I don't really have that you know, strategic funnel yet, but my, um, like my call to action on Instagram is pretty much getting my students to, to know uh, some of my favorite links. Like I call it um, curated uh, curriculum Mm -hmm. because I have like some links and they can sign up. And so some students sign up and then I have like some information about me there. It's never too pushy, you know, because I I do have, uh, like, some free sessions as well. And you could say that's part of the funnel, which, you know, it's important because you need to connect with people, you need to get to know them, they need to have a sense of who you are. But at the same time, I really think that that decision needs to come from whoever, especially if it's a student, like, it's more on a B to C, like, you know, it's it's very, they need to be really committed to that, like it's, it's really important. So yeah. So I, I, like, if you look at the funnel at the moment, like for a student, they would probably get to know my like course, not really a course, like my curriculum, then they would sign up for a free session. And then from there we could have like a one-on-one mentorship or a coaching program, or even a session. Like I do have sessions as well. Smaller businesses usually enjoy that because they can just book a session and, you know, they don't really need to do anything else. Of course, like, I encourage them to actually go through a program with me because just one you know, one session usually is not enough. Um, yeah. But that's pretty much how it works. But that's for small businesses and students, like for larger organizations, I really, uh, as far as I know, it's only referrals. I'm not really uh, strategic enough yet to actually get It's it. okay.
0: Your name <laughs> is good. You're just like, yes, all the people send other big names to me. I love it. <laughs> Keep it coming. <laughs>
1: Oh, and another tip actually I have, which is great for uh, revenue, but it's not great for portfolio. It's uh, working with other agencies. Like they, it's, mm. it's really, uh, it can be a good partnership, even though, you know, there's all that thing about NDA and not being able to showcase your work, but it's also a good way to, to get some nice projects going.
0: Interesting. So you mean just for income as a consultant?
1: Consultant, uh, designer. Yeah, consulting is even better because usually those agencies, they already have their own designers. Exactly.
0: Interesting. Can you explain to us a little, because I have no idea what that actually looks like or how you would outreach to, like, what do you say to an agency? (laughs) Can you run me and the, the audience through, like, how you started outreaching to other agencies to... You know, sell your consulting services? Like, how did that work? And what did you learn through that process of what to do and what not to do?
1: So, uh, for agencies, and uh, actually the last agencies that reached to me it was because something i posted so it's that thing that even if you don't have that let's say strategy that you post something and then you go talk to someone and then you go book a call even if you don't get that strategy behind but if you are visible like if you're posting content and people have something interesting to say they could even reach to you and say oh and i really thought this was interesting i'm actually going uh through a client and i have for example this issue so if you are the one actually starting the conversation which uh you know, you can do it as well. Like, it, you need to find that common, like, that common uh, topic. Like, what what can you help with, right? Usually, it doesn't yeah. start as a sales conversation, really. Like, it starts more, like, you're coming from a place that you want to help, you to want help, to give yeah. your opinion, and also you want to raise awareness. It's something I'm always doing. Like, yes, you do need to take into consideration the user experience or the research or the strategy. Yeah. And this, this works with some agencies and some startups. Some others, they, it doesn't really work. You know, some, I'm just going to say, oh, that's fine, but I don't need that. You know, I'm just fine, you know, (laughs) doing everything. (laughs) But yeah, but some of them is actually going to work really well and they can use you when they're working with their clients and, you know, on a white label basis, like you can consult them, you can guide them, especially if they don't have UX resources or uh, people who actually are senior in terms of UX designers, because as you know, uh, nowadays you get you know, more companies and startups hiring junior designers, but then you don't have that knowledge. The senior, exactly.
0: that's very interesting that, like it, now that it's always like hindsight is always what is it 2020 i don't know whatever the perfect eyesight is <laughs> but after you say this i'm like oh shit that makes a lot of sense like instead of like um having to you know eat what you kill, partnering with other people who already have clientele and income, and just being like, yo here's my skill set, this is what I can provide to you as a uh, consultant. Um, I'm just very interested about like it, it, I, I know it's probably there's not like anything salesy. It's probably just, hey, I saw that you or whether it's on LinkedIn, you see they have a shitload of junior designers and they have no seniors, and it's just like, hey, I noticed that you know, your roster of hires is junior. This is my skill set. And I absolutely love what you're doing at X, Y, and Z agency. Um, Here's what I offer. And if we work together, cool, if not, all right. But if you, you know, just, you know, approach the conversation like that um, and wanting to add value, not just throwing your, what is it? (laughs) Your web, your website link into their DMs, but (laughs) giving specific, uh, specific examples of how you could help is also, um, what I am thinking, what you do is usually just a regular conversation, right?
1: Exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah, it's it's just like a, exactly a real conversation. And you will see that the more you talk about what you do and what you can do for others, the more people are going to be the ones actually reaching to you and wanting to know more because, you know, it's visibility. It's a lot about visibility. Like even, you know, even before I started doing this on my own, even, yeah. you know, getting getting that opportunity to work on that project for Google, it was, I mean, I was there. I mean, I was discoverable on LinkedIn. Otherwise, you know, how would they even, you know, tell me, oh, you know what, we are we are looking for someone to, to do this. So, you know, sometimes we need to consider that. I mean, there are lots of talented people, but if you're not visible yeah. and if people don't know what you do, then, yeah, you're missing out.
0: Interesting. So is your strategy right now, purely to be visible on LinkedIn. And if I know you, you know, you're like, Brandon, I'm over here on this screen, but I'm looking at your LinkedIn <laughs> <laughs> on this other screen because we're about to discuss it. I'm not, no disrespect. I'm just, I'm just looking at what you have out on here. So mm-hmm. how exactly, what, what does a day look like for you? How, okay, this is a loaded ass question. Brandon, one question at a time. All right, first question, <laughs> visibility. Where are you doing that? Is it on, where are you most fo- focused and why?
1: I am mostly focused on Instagram at the moment, but if you are going to ask me, do businesses actually reach out to me on Instagram? Not that much. No. (laughs) Instagram is mostly for students. Yeah.
0: Yes. (laughs) Everybody listening to that, please understand that because people (laughs) keep asking me how to get clients and maybe it's part of my copywriting uh, issues. But, you know, the type of clients, quote unquote, clients that you get on Instagram is more so of the student type.
1: Yes, yes. And if you are B2C, I mean, even if you're not a designer and you have other type of business that is more on a B2C, you know, basis, it might work. But B2B, I, I didn't find it was very, let's say, um, useful for that.
0: Mm, yeah,
1: LinkedIn is much better because I am not even as active on LinkedIn, but people can easily find you and even your posts like, from a long time ago, which I found is quite interesting. And you know, yeah. um, I, I'm not sure when it started, but I actually wrote a post. And when I wrote that post on LinkedIn, because it was really popular, I started getting lots of friend requests. And then when people start sending you friend requests, yeah. uh, you actually get, again, more visible. Because on LinkedIn, every time someone likes, everyone sometimes, every time someone comments, actually shows on the feed. So it's really easy to get yeah, connections going. Yeah, it it is amazing. And I think for B2B, LinkedIn is really the best because even though I don't usually, you know, like actually start a conversation, I have to be honest, I I do reply and replying is equally important because you are creating that connection as well and that relationship. So, you know, that's, that's important as well. And I'm also on Facebook, but on Facebook, I'm more active on groups. And yeah. to be honest, I started on Facebook. I mean, I started to more active on Facebook because, as I told you, I think it's really interesting sometimes to work with startups or really smaller businesses. And you see that a lot on Facebook. And I kind of had to adapt as well my approach because it's not the same if you're working with a large organization, with resources, with other designers. If you're working with someone just starting out, I mean, they might not have the people or the resources, but yep. they will still benefit from having someone guiding them and telling them, okay, this is the user centered way. This is how you should start. So that's pretty much that.
0: Got you. I absolutely love that. So, because, and again, I'm, I'm transitioning. I have, guys, this is why I am selfishly very excited about this podcast, because I'm trying to learn some shit myself. Uh, <laughs> no, but, um, I think LinkedIn is very interesting because like whenever I barely go on there, but I think if you really have, a have, question, have you like search optimized your LinkedIn profile? I know you did. You probably had to.
1: If no? I had searched?
0: Ser- like, have you, because some people like. I know have like search optimized their LinkedIn profile so that if anybody
1: Oh right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, in the beginning, yes. I mean not, not recently, but yes, like because for example, there are some things there. And also because I, I do give advice as well to my students on how to be more yeah. visible <laughs> so i had to actually learn a bit about linkedin as well uh, but one thing uh, for example it's it's really important to be to make it very clear what you do right away and even yeah. using some keywords what i see lately is that everyone is using um like the value proposition right away, which is good. Like I help, you know, my target audience do that. But at the same time, I also think it's important to get those keywords because if everyone on LinkedIn is saying I help businesses, you know, do that, it's like, yeah, it's it's really, it's really difficult to stand out. And even, you know, automatically that's why I kind of started with, you know, UX, CRO or UX consultant. And, you know, I have an explanation of what I do, but that's the first thing this is what I do. Like, very clear straightforward
0: (laughs) got you yeah i absolutely i'm really in love with what you do because i mean like you have helped amazing companies you're 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 basically what i kind of want to move into without the you know the business side of things i just want to be all i want to be an entertainer anyway (laughs) um no, I think this is very interesting. So let, let's go back to your courses because we mentioned them a little bit but I want to give them I want you to tell like those who are listening here like what exactly you could help them with and how because and guys the reason I keep bringing it back is cuz she has an immense amount I went through her site again before we got on the call she has a free um you have a free UX course, you have a whole bunch of other is that Is that curated? What you call it? Yeah, it's, it's like the a
1: curated. Yeah, like it's like um, like a guide, let's say, like, I don't have like my own content there, but I have like a guide, like it's a free curated guide, let's say, <laughs> but and it's, it's free.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's free and it has, I, I'm, just, I'm just scrolling through this now. This is like an all-in-one area in which she's spent time bringing books, links, resources in one place to get you started on your UX journey. Yeah. Um, and it, this is absolutely amazing. So, and it's free guys. Just like, like I said, the, the com is going to be in the bio or the description of this podcast, <laughs> check it out, sign up. Um, this is absolutely amazing. And I'm trying to get back to the homepage.
1: <laughs> so <that's the> <laughs> i'm just like god damn it. how do i that's go a user, back it's your experience issue i think it's because okay, uh, so I found that, it. that ux curriculum it's actually hosted on another platform uh, yeah, that, yeah there we go that's it but that's <laughs> there's an issue because <laughs> i didn't want to create you know my courses and that's for the future as well because at the moment like the links to the courses are on my website because I didn't want to have everything on my website and also because yeah. it was easier, you know, like to manage in a third party platform. Uh, so I'm actually using Podia for those who, who want to give it a try. Uh, and yeah. it's like a course platform. So I'm, I'm starting to move all my courses there. So once that's done, it's going to be a separate thing. So, but yeah, it's a bit of an issue. Like you click somewhere and then you go to a different site. What am I? <laughs> so yeah. <laughs>
0: No, it's good. I, I, I misplaced the other tab and I was like, where do I go? So, all right. Let's, let's start talking advice now for somebody who is wanting to be on the same journey as you or, you know, be a consultant, um, be a mentor, um, and kind of run their own show. What advice would you give to them starting from like when you began, like what was going through your mind? What were the challenges that you had? How did you overcome them? The whole spiel, like what could help somebody do what you're doing today?
1: From like nothing (laughs) it's like starting from complete scratch (laughs) (laughs) one thing i think it really helped me was my experience actually like having the experience to work on different roles like if you work at least once for an agency and at least once for like an in-house designer and at least once in a role that involves consulting somehow I think that's good because uh, some people, they are starting now learning UX and they're asking me, how do I become a consultant? And it's not impossible, right? But I do think it's Mm. a bit more difficult because if you don't have experience trying to understand a bit how other companies work, and I really need to thank Google for that because if it was not for Google, I wouldn't be actually visiting so many different companies, like huge companies in Portugal, and be quite shocked that, you know, the UX maturity level it doesn't just because you're a big company doesn't mean you have a high
0: resources there
1: exactly exactly Uh, so yeah so for me that was really important like actually you know understanding how things work and working with people from different parts of the world as well like it's it's different like some things work differently here in Portugal and in the UK and also you know in the United States as well even though United States I do it online but you know like These things are, for me, are important, like that experience. So if I was going to start everything all over again, I would still join like a team, a full-time role, whether that's an agency or in-house, but I would definitely start like that. It's not impossible starting a freelancer, starting as a consultant. I know plenty of talented people who did that. But personally, for me, it was the easiest way.
0: Yeah. Learning on somebody else's dollar, like without having to make those mistakes and shit <laughs> all by yourself, because that would just send me into an anxiety array. Um, <laughs> no, But I think on a lot of the podcasts here, we, we've talked about like learning on somebody else's dime is, is invaluable because you get to learn and all that experience. You're getting paid to, to learn. And it's absolutely amazing.
1: Exactly, yes.
0: And um, so tell, tell us a little bit about this. What is it like to have worked with Springboard and Growth Mentor? Like, What is, what is, what is your experience <laughs> in working with those? How do you feel about them?
1: So, uh, so Growth Mentor is a platform and Springboard is a uh, bootcamp. So mm. they are, I also work uh, with the new Interaction Design Foundation Bootcamp, but that's all partnerships I have, like, not exactly partnerships. I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm not like an employer or anything, obviously, like yeah. I'm working for them. Uh, but like, for example, Springboard is is really interesting. Also, I started to mentor a few students for the first time. It was thanks to Springboard and it was Uh, I was still working for Google, so I was taking like one or two students, but I was, uh, I was really, uh, it was really interesting for me because I, because I was doing workshops during that time and I was kind of teaching, but they were designers already. They were not aspiring UX designers. Those, you know, it's different. And I was thinking, wow, I'm going to teach people who maybe they don't know much about UX yet, even, you know, if they come from a similar background so I I started doing that and yeah I completely loved it and I think that was really important for me in that sense like working for Springboard uh, alongside that experience I had with Google I think it really shaped oh this is what I want to do actually you know I don't want to just be here behind the screen and working on my projects and do design I actually want to be out there even though I'm an introvert.
0: (laughs) (laughs) In short spurts, go do your thing, then go to the house. Short spurts
1: it was a shock to me you know even speaking like in some events i was thinking no way i can do this but i i loved it so yeah. <laughs> so it's very important to me like both springboard and working at google it was the first experience i had actually teaching and yeah it was it was pretty much amazing and growth mentor is a platform so it's it's actually i i would tell anyone to have a look it's really interesting like they are a platform that allows uh, people with lots of experience uh, from huge companies as well both UX, CRO and marketing like they have many many people from marketing there like growth yeah. marketing so so it's really interesting but um, like I, I work uh, like you know I'm, I'm on the platform like I, I, I was accepted <laughs> into the platform and I work Within that sense, like I don't work specifically for them, but yeah, as yeah. part of the platform.
0: That's amazing. So, all right, because we're, we're moving towards our last moment here on Design Huddle, and I want to ask, with all this mentoring and seeing different, you know, students pass through, you know, your curriculum, having to teach them, having one-on-ones with them, what do you see, whether it, the two stages, what do you see most aspiring designers have challenges with and what is your solution for that and the second question is those who are already designers getting them to that next stage what are they facing and how do you what is the solution that you typically uh, prescribe to them
1: right so first Again, one another
0: of question <laughs> sorry you're like god <laughs> damn it brandon let's just start with one <laughs>
1: <laughs> right so the first one is aspiring UX design or designers in
0: general. Aspiring.
1: Aspiring. Okay. There. Uh, and so they don't have any experience at all in terms of design, mm. nothing. Yep. Wow. So, <laughs> so actually one of the pretty common questions uh, from people who want to kind of get into UX or UI, UX, anything, it's like, how do I become, how do I get started? Like it's the question. So it's a very good yeah. question here. Uh, and I think, um, like you do, you do need some kind of foundation because if you just start, let's say, browsing stuff on your own. And I, I am a bit picky actually when I, when I suggest a mentorship because, for example, if I know the students I am going to mentor, because it's not the same as partnering with Springboard because Springboard has the course and has the whole support system. But they if are. I am mentoring on my own and they are not doing any course because most of the people I mentor and coach, they are doing other courses. Some of them are doing the master's in HCI. Others are doing like um, design institute. So they are doing something like they are doing a course. But if someone comes to me and I say, I don't know anything I want to start, you know, from scratch, like what do I do? It's going to be more difficult because they do need to start somewhere. So I would probably recommend getting like a short course or maybe a boot camp, Because, you know, it's something like to get started doing, you know, even if they read all the materials they have, like there are many good sites that they can get information. But if you are a beginner and you don't know, then it's going to be difficult to filter all that information. Yes.
0: That is definitely true. Uh, Right there, you said being able to filter the correct information. That is the biggest challenge there because there's so much information and you could be reading some good stuff but you don't know if it's good you could be reading some shitty stuff and just be like oh that's great excellent we're gonna take that um i think that's excellent so and then the next question was um yeah i guess it can be like taking that person who already is in the design industry to that next level of expertise What is your recommendation or how do they get to what's what things do they need to focus on to get there?
1: So that's much, uh, like, easier because, of course, like, they already have the experience. Uh, I think in that case, and that's also why I have been trying to incorporate different techniques. For example, in the beginning, it was just mentoring. I now feel I do much more than mentoring. I feel I do much more, like, coaching and even career coaching. Uh, Like, what is the next step for them? Like, they need to understand because it depends. Like, some people, for example, uh, the next step for me, for a while, I thought it was going – to a manager role, for example, during that time. But then I understood that there were other options, like consulting or working on my own. So we need to understand, like, what what does it mean, you know, the next step for them? Like, what do they want to do? And that's all about coaching, like understanding really, like, what what is compatible with them, uh, what makes them happy as well. If they are going yeah. to specialize, if they are still junior designers but they have some experience maybe it comes to a point that i actually want to specialize i want to do just ui or just you know research so that is possible as well like really understanding that uh, there are some interesting assessments that i usually do uh, with people like to understand like yeah like where huh. they are at yeah
0: <laughs> did you make the assessments what is
1: no did, you no, got a resources. formula out here
0: you got people taking the what is that shit called the m I don't know. Do you know the, uh, the
1: personality tests? Yeah, you get
0: people taking <laughs> out design yeah. personality tests out here. Sometimes
1: I do. Sometimes I do. Yeah, and there's a really interesting one, uh, the career drivers assessment. That one was really interesting. I, I mean, I need to adapt, you know, because I can't just say, "Oh, I'm just going to be mentoring," but I need to really make sure that what I'm offering is the right thing for. For my students. And that's why I keep myself, you know, educating myself as well. For example, yeah. now I'm not doing any UX course at this point, but I am, I'm still reading, of course, about UX, keeping updated. Yeah. But basically, I'm investing in other areas I think I'm not as good at. So, um, like, I'm doing a postgraduate in, which is something really weird, I think, for some people, but it's neuropsychology. And it's hey. with. <laughs> uh,
0: I remember we were talking about this yeah keep going keep going i (laughs) like
1: and it's with a focus on um, education for adults because that is important like how people learn like what can you do for them to learn better i think it's my responsibility to know that not just you know show up in a call and just say okay this was my experience because that's what mentoring is about is telling your experience but your experience your path doesn't mean it's the same for everyone so you really need those skills so i'm yeah, I think those are skills that I want to even get better at. So I'm better at coaching and mentoring as well.
0: All right, guys. So I hope you enjoyed this episode of Design Huddle. We all just need to go be neuropsychologists now. <laughs> um, get, prepare your post-grad degree. Uh, no, no, no. I was just playing. That's <laughs> that's amazing. This This is why I'm so excited to have you on because you have touched not only – you know, agency work, you've worked at very large organizations, you've consulted, Um, you are a mentor, you're an educator. So you have such a a large grasp of what is out there um, and knowledge. So thank you very much.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much for having me here.
0: Anytime. This is not going to be the last time. There's so many (laughs) more questions we have. Um, Yes. (laughs) So in closing, do you have any last it, it could be like guys, do your laundry, like make your bed. what is <laughs> what is some last final uh, closing words you have for our audience today?
1: So always advocate for what you believe, no matter where you work. So if you are passionate about improving The experience for your users make sure that you talk about it in your organization like wherever you are like it's our responsibility as ux designers to really teach others i feel like to to make sure that businesses are educated and are doing the right things so that's my main thing
0: (laughs) all right you heard it from anna herself all right guys it's your boy Ryan's not here. Actually, we're gonna do a little quick update because we haven't really said this yet either. Ryan and I, you guys know Ryan has a kid, but this is not this is not the reason why. Our schedules have parted. Um, so we're gonna be doing two episodes of Design Huddle per week. And they're gonna be short so you guys don't have to listen to two hour what's my it call it's per week. That's a lot. But you guys are gonna be hearing both me and Ryan's voice weekly. Um, and yeah, that's just this quick update we have because Ryan is is available eight through nine and I am available in the mornings and your boy likes to sleep. So anyway, that is concludes this episode of design huddle. Have a great day and we'll talk to you later. Bye. Design huddle is a podcast that is hosted by Ryan Warner and Brendan gross. The opinions stated here are our own and not those of our company. Thank you for tuning in and please feel free to share this episode.